0: And it's that time of week again where it's rainbow radio. We're happy here on Saturday, the first Saturday of the new year, 2021. How about that? Yeah, we're, we're, uh, I think we're brimming with optimism here about, uh, what the future might be for 2021. We, we look back with, uh, at 2020 at, with 2020, <laughs> uh, with disdain and, and sadness, I lost a family member, myself, not very well, my aunt, but uh, 100, but she was 102, but that doesn't make it any better. <laughs> but she did, she lived a long while, and we, we we're all grateful for having her for that long. So, uh, my heart goes out to my brother Brian and uh, my other brother Todd on this, uh, uh Monday or Saturday morning. Um, reflecting on uh, 2020. So I first of all, I, I want to say it is another nice day here in Laguna Beach. I It was 49 degrees coming in, and it's supposed to get up to a a blistering 60 today, but partly cloudy all day. The 10-day forecast, you know, all we need to know is the weather report. It's going to be partly cloudy for the, uh, the next two days, and then mostly sunny for the rest of the week. So and temperatures um, high of 67, 68, which is uh almost beach weather if you're if you're a daring, responsible person. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. Uh go out and get some sun. So uh the news on this day in history is I like to start out right away here at uh, KXFM KX FM 104.7 Craig Rainbow Radio. And um this is if you're not tu- if you're tuning in for the first time, I do. On this day in history, because I think it's interesting to look uh, prospectively, prospectively? Well, look back, (laughs) because we can look at what happened in history and then look at the news, uh, the most recent uh, news in history and see the path that has been traveled, particularly for the LGBTQ community. And we are a big part, uh, an inclusive part, not exclusive, inclusive part of Laguna Beach here and so we're we're proud in that and we're proud of our community that is so supportive and kind and on so many levels we appreciate that uh so on this the the only news we have so far we have no news on in history for the second the first news on lgbtq history is on the 4th so we will do to the 4th and here we are in 1982 the gay men's health crisis is informed in New York, oh, is formed in New York by Edmund White, uh, Larry Kramer, Nathan Fain, and Lawrence D. Mass and Paul Popfam. I don't know how to pronounce that. P O P Popfam, Popfam. And I know who these other people are, but I haven't seen that one. And Paul Rapaport. In 1986, gay author Christopher Isherwood dies at the age of 81 in Santa Monica. He's survived by his partner of 32 years, artist Don bachardi Now, if you haven't, there is a documentary movie that was made about these two because there is a tremendous age difference, like 30 years between the two of them. And, you know, I think the, the inclination is to go, oh, that's really like, for some people, perverse, but the movie is so endearing, and I highly recommend it. It's called Chris and Dan, Chris Isherwood and Dan uh, Bachardi, and it it explains when you're all done with it, you're kind of like the Pope. Who who am I to judge, you know? And uh, <laughs> who are we to judge? And the relationship is so powerful and so significant, uh, to both theirs. I mean, there's a portion where they break up and they have angst about what it is their relationship really is. And lo and behold, it, it was important to both of them and they shared their lives together. Uh, and I'm sure, uh, that, uh, that Don is, is still with us. He's 30 years younger. So he would have been 50, about 50 when, uh, well in 81 so I don't know in 1981 oh no 86 is when he died so he's he's older but anyway it's if you haven't seen it it's it's a great documentary and it's heartwarming and if you're wondering if there's someone for you out there (laughs) there probably is just don't hold up any barriers you know uh but don't be stupid (laughs) but don't. okay enough of that (laughs) Uh, The next day we have information is uh, in history is January 5th, Uh, in 1967. I had a 67 Oldsmobile once. It was a historic classic car, long before my time. (laughs) But I digress. In response to raids early on New Year's Eve, P-R-I-D-E, Personal Rights and Defense and Education Stages Demonstrations at Silver Lake's Black Cat Tavern. It is the first use of the term pride to become associated with LGBTQ rights. Now, that's very interesting because we always say, oh, we're and I I have an issue with this. Okay, I admit it. Uh, Even our pride parade, our pride event here in California, in L.A., is uh, called Christopher Street West, meaning after New York's Christopher street. Well, we, we have a few milestones of our own. We don't need to be second seat to New York. Now I love New York. It's, it's a whole totally different culture and it's, and for that, I love it, but we have our own things to tout about. And this is one of them. And, and the fact that pride became a uh, acronym for us. Uh, yeah, we, we did it in Silver Lake at the black cat tavern. You know, so, uh, yeah, we we make history here in California as often as we can. (laughs) Oh, excuse me. In 1974, the Brunswick Four, which is Adriana Potts, Pat Murphy, Sue Wells, and Heather Bayer Elizabeth, performed the song, I Enjoy Being a Dyke, a parody of (laughs) I enjoy Enjoy Being a Girl at amateur night in toronto's brunswick tavern the owner asked them to leave and the refusal and subsequent arrest sparked the galvanization of the canadian lgbt liberation movement the event is uh, sometimes referred to as the canadian stonewall so i guess there's another place that's going <laughs> you know new york in fact, we had things going on at the Black Cat long before Stonewall. But I guess Stonewall was, I guess, just that one at one antagonist situation that really took hold um, and uh, changed a lot. Started it started a, it's like a dam that burst. Okay, <laughs> someone someone started messing with the. The plumbing in the dam and the whole thing burst and uh and a lot of a lot of attitudes changed as a result of it. A lot of good things happened, although um it was a very scary time. It was protests. And uh the police department got barricaded in the club in Stonewall when we're by a bunch of angry <laughs> angry drag queens. <laughs> You know, we really need to rec- recognize our culture more in that regard, the drag queens. I think I think part of it is when you do drag, you're just going to, I think I'm speaking for some of it, uh, back in the day, they just didn't care. You know, what have they got to lose? They're in a low-paying job. They like to dress up and go out and have a good time and uh, be a female impersonator on the weekends. It gives their life meaning. It gives them a social, uh, it, it provides a lot of things and some income. Um, so, uh, but it would be those people that really don't have a feel. I mean, they're not going to lose their career as a doctor or, or a prominent um, prosecuting attorney. Uh, because if you were in those days gay, you, you can do those things or be a school administrator or a teacher and out. Uh, so many things that gays like to do. You can be a hairdresser, you can be a mortician, flower store operator. All those things seem to be okay. You could be gay, but um, I suppose cake decorator could fall in there too. But uh, for me, um, you you couldn't. So I think that they were willing to be speak the voice that need to be spoken. Uh, on so many levels in New York, and that started a whole, whole landslide, landslide. It was, it was crazy. Now, this next news item, what happened in 1984, uh, regards Dan White, and it is really a sad note in our history, uh, in the criminal justice, I feel. Dan White is, is paroled from prison after having served barely five years for the murders of San Francisco Mayor George Moscone and City Supervisor Harvey Milk. Having been ordered by the parole board to avoid San Francisco, White settles in Southern California, but he doesn't. He he settles in Northern California, as it turns out. Uh, In less than two years, in 1985, October He, um, it's sadly, sadly for his family, there wasn't any, any winners in this whole thing, including particularly the mayor and the city councilman that were both murdered in their, uh, offices on a bright sunny day in San Francisco, uh, that they had a trial for Dan White, this, this other city, ex-city councilman who, who killed them. And it was, I mean, it was. There was no argument. They called it the Twinkie defense, however, because he was uh, in a diminished capacity. Let's get this one. This is really crazy. The Twinkie defense. He was in a diminished capacity because he'd eaten too many sugar, uh, too much sugar in his diet and coffee, and it affected his uh, thought processes to the point where he was uh, couldn't be held fully responsible for his actions to murder two people. I mean, how does it and they call it the twinkie defense because he, you know, ate too many sugar twinkies, you know. Well, I'm sure it bolstered this uh, I don't know. And but he w- the fact was that he had been on the police force and he was there was uh, a lot of loyalty to him and by a lot of people that he only was uh it was involuntary manslaughter I guess and he only served five years was out on parole not even five years out on parole and I think I think that's when it happened when he got out on parole or maybe it was when he anyway the there was a kind of a riot you know I was happened to be in San Francisco on that particular day and I was working uh, for a hotel in Emeryville California which is just across the bay and I I'm in my 78 Monte Carlo, (laughs) driving uh, near Van Ness uh, in downtown uh, San Francisco near Polk Street. And I kept hearing this odd sort of sound. I rolled my windows down. I kept hearing this. It was like a groaning, but it was like really loud. And it was bouncing off the buildings and echoing, and I couldn't figure out what it was. And so I come to this intersection, and I stop, like you do at intersections. And I pull forward into the next block, and a bunch, I would say, I don't say a bunch, but three or four people were dragging debris, like cardboards and boxes and stuff, into the street and setting it on fire. And I'm going, Oh something's going on here and I turn and look and I can see the top of city hall and all this orange light kind of flickering on it and red lights everywhere. And I get around the corner and I look and there's what the sound is. These it's city police cars burning and it's the sirens are going off in them and they're roar and the batteries are running down. And so they're kind of making this like death throes and I'm like, oh, my God, what is going on? I I didn't know what it was, you know. Um, but I did see it, and I thought, well, maybe I should go back to the hotel and turn on the news, and I did. And, of course, the next morning my mother calls, you were in San Francisco. All oh, of Are you okay? I says, I'm fine, yes. <laughs> but that's how much it affected that whole community. They finally had a spokesperson that – followed the procedures that you would if you want to change things and get involved in politics, have a voice. And uh, because of his strong voice and because there were people that objected to that culture that uh, he was murdered, and so was the mayor along with it. Now, if it, it always goes, the rationale always goes, if, if Harvey Milk, the, the city councilman that had been murdered, had not been murdered, say so it was just the mayor, and it was this police officer, ex-police officer. Uh, he, I I, think there would have been much, harsh, much more harsh sentence. Anyway, that's kind of the rationale. I don't know. We'll never know. But unfortunately, as I said for everyone involved, it was a tragedy all the way around. And um, so unfortunately, Dan White had two kids and a wife. And he decided in on October 5th of 1985, that it was too much for him. And he turned his car on in his garage with carbon monoxide poisoning. And his brother discovered him later that afternoon around two o'clock and he ended his life. So, like I said, let's, let's, let's <laughs> I'm trying to be positive. I know I have listeners out there going, Craig, your last show was kind of a little kind of Debbie downer. <laughs> so. I don't want to be Debbie Downer. I want to look at this as a, that's where we were at a time in our history and things have changed a great deal. There's still a lot of more work to go, but things have changed a great deal. And um, uh, I am a testament to that. I'm, I'm, I'd like to think I'm part of that, but, but things have changed. And that is our history. The Dan White, Harvey Milk, J- Mayor George Moscone. I'll never forget Diana Feinstein who became mayor because she was, assistant mayor whatever the title is and she had to announce to the media what happened it was a pretty difficult situation (coughs) oh excuse me i'm choking up okay moving on to january 7 lgbtq history uh on this day in history january 7 in 1971 In the final report to President Nixon, the National Commission on Reform of Federal Criminal Laws urges the abolition of the U.S. laws prohibiting homosexual acts between consenting adults. So that was presented to President Nixon in 1971. And uh, that was the start. You know, I I don't think it got approved, but that was a start. So that's not very up news. I'm sorry, folks. It's a beautiful day. Go out to Saturday Market. Say hello to your friends that you haven't seen. Wear your mask. Keep your distance. But pick up some interesting food items that are farm-fresh to you. Saturday Market. It's going on right now here in Laguna Beach over by City Hall. Plenty of parking. It's... (coughs) Excuse me. It's much more fun than going to a grocery store. And it's outdoors. And there's lots of air. And you can keep your distance and you can be safe in this environment. So we're, I, that's my recommendation for the day. It's every Friday, every Saturday, sorry. So that's why it's called Saturday market, Craig. It's because it's on Saturday. Okay. Sorry. sorry. I digress. <laughs> so uh, Saturday market, I highly recommend it. Uh, and you can buy some unusual and fresh food items that you can uh, prepare. Go on the internet, find it. There's, there's some great websites. You list the three or four items you get in your kitchen <laughs> And what can I do with them? And a recipe will come up. And it's like, well, you can use this, this, and mix it with this. And and, and it's kind of like cleaning out the Mother Hubbard's cupboard. You can get rid of everything uh, very tastefully, I might add. <laughs> so, so, hey, I'm going to play a, a song here. It's called Here For You because I'm trying to be here for you. And I'm going to look up some good news and come back on the other side of that song. How about that? And we'll have some good news. Uh, I want to shout out to uh, my friends in the UK, uh, Lynn and Jim, their husband and wife. How about that? Uh, And um, uh, my friend Brian Rodriguez up in uh, L.A. Hopefully they're all listening as I'm doing my first show of... 2021 (laughs) the joke goes (laughs) You think in the bar they're in the bar you think 2020 was bad wait he just turned 20 it just turned 21 and he can drink now (laughs) it's kind of kind of disconnected but you know it's like (laughs) are we going to have 2020 drinking now because they're 21 and uh is it going to be okay (laughs) like um Uh, It reminds me of a Bill Cosby joke, but I'll spare you on that one. And we're going to I'll be back on the other side of uh, here for you.
1: We'll be passing by. And they'll be wasting time, just waiting for no And while they're chasing dogs, we'll be dancing in the dark cause we're coming through. <laughs> Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to the concrete world. Look at all the plastic. Suffocating boys, suffocating girls. <laughs> Welcome to my city. Welcome to my old oh man. My-
0: California gold. That's California dreaming, vibing. And it's about kind of tongue in cheek a little bit about uh, how plastic California can be. I'm sure a lot of people want to believe that, but I don't believe that. I believe here in Laguna Beach, we're very, very sincere, kind, loving, all that other good stuff. So, as I said, I went to look for positive, uplifting, happy stuff. (laughs) And well, there wasn't a lot, okay. So I thought, what would what are we doing during this pandemic? That where can we be creative and still share the love of our friendships and whatnot, and uh, love of our friends' friendship, and uh, as I like to say, your family of friends, because uh, you know it's we have family and we have friends, and then we have our family of friends. So. I like to say that. And so um, I had a birthday on the 29th and it, it didn't work out, but this is what I suggest. And I've done it before. Um, if you have a birthday friends and you, you know, you can't really get together. You can't go out to a restaurant and all sing and expose each other and be dangerous with all that. But there is one thing you can do responsibly. And I suggest uh, have a picnic outdoors. And the best venue for that to me and it's free, is to go to the Montage. You can park. They have free parking for uh, the public, um, which is as you go to where I suggest you go, which is out on the bluff there that overlooks the beautiful Pacific. There are many picnic tables. Uh, You could have have a birthday party, invite all your, your, you know, keep it small, maybe eight or ten people, and get two picnic tables that are kind of close to one another, spread things out, wear your masks, bring your own food, because you really shouldn't, uh, you should be safe in, in sharing, not sharing food or utensils, but bring your own food, but at least you're outdoors with your friends. You can talk at a, and wear your masks and, uh, you know, it's given the situation, it's not a bad idea. And when you're, uh, home for the the 10th day in a row and you haven't had any uh face-to-face conversation it's pretty rewarding uh to do that to be with friends last night I went out with a friend and we sat at a distance and had uh Asian food and delicious and it was it was cold (laughs) but we survived uh he put a ski park on (laughs) I put my uh hoodie on hope and uh we had uh, we had a good evening, and it was so. That's what I recommend it. Um, don't go having a birthday party. Have it out on the bluff overlooking the Pacific, which is just unbelievably beautiful. And something else I've been doing that that I feel rewarding, and I'm gonna I'm gonna romance about a little bit, and I'll I'll send this out to Bonnie Matthews, who's a food a foodie. Um, there's this. Uh, I guess he's probably 35 or so. Uh, fellow up in San Francisco and he goes out on the Pacific Ocean just south of San Francisco and he goes fishing by himself and he and he puts it in his little blog and what I find so interesting to it is that he's looking at some very simple things that we often forget that are so beautiful and one of them is the Pacific Ocean and he he'll go out and he'll, uh, they have these little mini crab traps and they'll throw them out with a the, with the fishing line. They, they, they cast them out. And if they're lucky, they'll bring a, in a crab or two. And so here you are on the Pacific, this beautiful ocean, blue, the waves crashing, he's on all these black rocks with all these crustaceans that are, because uh, it's low tide. And, and out on the rocks and he'll get a crab or two all by himself. And all you hear is the ocean and hear the waves crash. And he cooks it right there on the rocks. Makes a little fire, has a little backpack with has a little, few little important things in there, including avocado and some lemon and some seasoning. And he'll cook the crab fresh right there. He'll rinse it out, you know, um, it, with ocean water, it, which has salt in it, you know, and he'll have some butter. He likes butter, I'm like Julia Child. But it's fun to watch him. Do this and remind yourself of just how beautiful our world really is on so many levels, and that is one of them. And if you get a chance, it's called the Fisherman on YouTube, but it's something everyone could do if they wanted to spend that kind of that time. And he, he shows you how to fish, he shows you how to cook these things, and I think it would be. I, I left him a note. I said the only thing that's missing is a little Pinot Grigio because. You got you got your crab meat and it's it's cooked fresh with a little butter, not a lot of seasoning, a little salt and pepper, butter. And I think he may throw in a few other things in there uh that he, he does from seasonings from Trader Joe's as he so uh but it, it all fits in his backpack. It's not he doesn't bring a camping stove, it's just a little um tin thing you kind of set up. Or if he doesn't have that, he just builds has some little kindling and little pieces of wood that he that he hacks up and builds a little fire right on the rocks with nothing and puts the crab in its shell on there and bakes it and uh he waits till the it goes down to burns down to some hot coals and boy when he pulls that crab apart and it's steaming and looking just delicious uh it's i don't know it's one on one with nature and no one else and it's uh, i'm going on way too long on it but for me, I find it very rewarding to watch and, and thinking that perhaps something I might even do, you know, uh, it's kind of back to nature. So that's my positive, positive note out there. Two things, I guess, do your birthday picnic over the ocean and enjoy the Pacific Ocean and the sunsets. That's, that's something they don't get in New York is sunsets like we do because the sun sets in the West. So we're in the West. So we get to see it drop into the ocean. Uh, We don't get to see it rise from the ocean. I will give you that, but we get to see it drop into the ocean, which I'd much rather see it drop into the ocean than a beautiful sunset. And a bottle of wine, which I've done before, maybe. Am I talking about wine a little bit too much? (laughs) Oh, but I digress. So the, the best I could do to find... Something interesting was uh, how many celebrities have come out. So I I went and I found this website. It's called uh, Pride Website. It's something more than that. But they had 71 celebrities that came out in 2020. I don't know if I'm going to get through all 71, and I don't want to bore you too much, but I'm going to list a few because maybe this was a year of introspective thought and what's important, and maybe it's the year of coming out and being true and honorable with yourself, that coronavirus has perhaps provoked on some level, but, and so that's a bit of a silver lining, even though there's 336,000 less fortunate. Hmm. Anyway, let's not go there. Uh, so here's one, uh, DJ Quails, he's, he's an actor, Uh, Best known for his roles on the early 2000s comedies Road Trip and The New Guy. He came out as gay in January at the age of 41. Handsome guy. I don't know him. Uh, Nikki Tutorials. She has a a YouTube uh, account on January. This is important from the standpoint. She's a popular makeup guru and a YouTuber. Nikki DeJager, or Jaeger, if you want to do it that way, more commonly known by her online username as NikkiTutorials, came out as trans in an emotional video that made headlines not just for beauty, the beauty community, but for all over the world. So she came out as trans. Now that's that's even more interesting. Interesting. Now we have uh, Philip showfield and um, he's a well-known british tv host interesting thing about him uh he's been married to a woman since 1993 and he came out as gay in an emotional february instagram post at let's say how old he is he looks to be 50 or 60 but he's been married to a woman since 93 so apparently i hate to put words in his mouth but he uh is no longer living the lie. Or maybe she knew and they had some, you know, like Liberace. He got married, you know. <laughs> He's not gay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, my goodness. Uh, market Marcus Thormeyer. Now, everyone knows Marcus. The Olympic swimmer came out publicly as a gay as gay in February. An essay published in Out Sports. Coming out to the team taught me to be comfortable uh, Taught me to be comfortable in my own skin, regardless of being different or gay. He wrote, recalling the moment he came out to his fellow swimmers. It gave me the confidence and in the pool, which eventually spread to every other part of my life. So, boy, that's positive. See? (laughs) You could do this, Greg. Uh, The next one is Rick Consett a net excuse me i'm dyslexic i turn things back I, I have to apologize up front uh i at least i, I, I don't stutter but i'm i ooh, better not better be careful with that one um he's the flash actor that came out as gay in february on instagram uh then we have Nikki albon a british vlogger who's most known for making videos with his twin brother Sammy, under their um, joint channel, Nikki and Sammy, came out as gay in February, posted on YouTube night before his 28th birthday. Wow. The whole situation has made, made me feel much more myself than I had felt in years, and I feel stronger and more capable than I have felt in a long time, he said. So I'm going to start my 28th year with authenticity and honesty as I can because I think I deserve that. And I love that. <laughs> and I owe that to my younger brother. Oh, my younger self. Oh, probably his brother, too. Ricky Dillon, uh, a popular YouTuber with, uh, that publicly came out as gay in late February video. Uh, it ultimately feels weird to just tell, <laughs> telling it to the camera. Uh, I don't know, Nikki. Aaron Shook, Aaron Shook, a former congressman who felt, congressman who felt, <laughs> fell from grace in 2015 amidst controversy about lavish spending habits while he was a member of the House of Representatives and who has long history of voting against LGBT causes publicly came out. Well, I hope he's changed his attitude a little bit. You know, that brings up that H word, hypocrisy. Hypocrisy, oh my goodness. Then we have Curtin uh, Orlick, a Swiss wrestler, made history in March after becoming Switzerland's first out gay male professional athlete. Ah, I suppose, I suppose that could have nerved some of your com- competitors. Oh, I've been wrestling with <laughs> getting intimate on the on the mat with uh <laughs> Wrestler. Well, uh, if you're wrestling, you're getting intimate. Sorry, I just had to make that clarification. (laughs) I didn't mean the other way, by the way. Then Sebastian Vega. Sebastian became Argentina's first openly gay professional basketball player. How about that? When he publicly came out in March on Instagram. Boy, they all come out on Instagram. Well, see, we couldn't do that in our day. No, Mm -mm. no way, honey. (laughs) I did a recording on a cassette. For those who don't know, it's a, it's a magnetic piece of tape that runs on reels and goes over a device that detects uh, magnetic signals and, and translates them into music or words or whatever, it's called cassette, cassette. They also had 8-track. That was an, another variation of it. And they had reel-to-reel. And they had 4-track, 4-track if you didn't know. So Sebastian says the most beautiful thing is that of all is that nothing has changed. On the contrary, it has changed for the better. Well, and that's kind of, it's nothing has changed for the worst. It's changed for the better. Why don't you say it properly? Uh, If I had come out six years ago, I don't know if society would have been ready. People are becoming more aware. Hmm. There you go. And then we have Debrat, (laughs) not you, Brian. Uh, an iconic rapper DeBrat came out and confirmed her relationship in an emotional Instagram. There we go. Instagram again. Hmm. I wonder if you're gonna come out. I guess you use Instagram. <laughs> oh, maybe they should have coming out day on Instagram. To see how many people will use <laughs> that's a that would be a good cause. Maybe you can get a GoFundMe and, and take a national campaign to do Instagram coming out day. <laughs> see how many people can come out with the protection of uh, electronic protection between them and someone who I be happy about it. Uh, then we have Dominique Provost Chalkley on her 30th birthday in March, Wyona Earp star. Dominique Provost Chalkley publicly came out as queer in a heartfelt essay for Start the Wave. Now see, she didn't do it on Instagram. Hmm. There's no perfect final destination, but a series of wonderful milestones we collect along the way, she wrote. For me, these milestones appear when I take the time to observe what does and does not bring me happiness. Boy, we could all do a lot of that. And uh, then have the courage to make the changes in my life to align that which isn't working. Um, I take a great deal of uh, introspection whilst staying open to evolution and change. See, I have a mantra. It's called the certainty of change brings a certainty of opportunity. And since we're trying to be very positive today, <laughs> um, change is something you, you, you can't fight. It's going to happen. Uh, when I like change is when I find it's disruptive technology and, when technology is so profoundly improving things that old systems, like the electric car, I think is um, very disruptive technology. It's disrupting Wall Street. It's disrupting the oil economy, uh, fossil fuel dollars, and it's and it's, I think it's pushing us in a, a direction of uh, efficiency and uh, hope for the future. Quite honestly. So that's disruptive technology, but in one's lives, there can be many disruptive things. Um, and the certainty of change brings a certainty of opportunity. So what I would say in business is with that change, you can look for the opportunity and hopefully you find the opportunity in that. And that process of itself could put you in a really good spot. Um, recognizing what the change is, recognizing how profoundly it changes or uh, alters the world and the environment, whether it's business or personal relationships, and looking for what is important, what good outcome there might be out of it. Um, uh, And sometimes that's difficult. I know sometimes the change is very uh, not good, but also it can be you think it's not good, And it could be something you look at later and think, man, that's the best thing that ever happened to me. (laughs) Like that nowhere job that you were putting up with, and all one day you get fired, and a year later you're having the best time of your life with a new career and a new. (laughs) Sometimes those things happen, and sometimes uh, changes. It well, change is always going to be there. So we always need to look for the opportunity with it. That's my message. Anyway, I go on way too long. Let's see who else came out. A seventy-four-year-old children's author. Jacqueline Wilson, who authored popular youth titles like Tracy Beaker and Heather Feather, came out public in a- April after living with her partner for 18 years. Hmm. I suppose if you wrote children's books, you were probably a little a bit apprehensive about coming out. You know, people think, you know, I hate it. <coughs> Excuse me. When they say, oh, well, we don't want a homosexual in the school because they might have, uh, they might uh um, I want to see that they will be a threat because they would might, um, impose their, and I'm not doing this very well. Uh, I think gay people, people's tendency to violate someone else's sovereignty, let's say <laughs> is just the same as a straight person. I mean, if you're into something that's not right, like say you're into girls or boys and doing something that's inappropriate, because you're gay doesn't mean that you have a, pro, a higher proclivity for doing those kinds of things, and that's still always thrown up. That gets a greater threat because they're perverse to begin with, and I just it just irritates the hell out of me because that's that's not true at all, and and in fact <clears throat> I'm sure. There's a lot more action, heterosexual violation uh, per capita than no one's ever done a study, but I suppose that. And I'm, and I'm unanimous with that. <laughs> All right, so there are like 71 more people in here uh, that have come out. And I applaud, applaud, applaud. I applaud them. Uh, and good for them. I think it's a life-changing event if, if you... Uh, Want the entire list of 71. It's Pride. Uh do um it's by the author is Rafi Ermac, R-A-F-F-Y-E-R-M-A-C. And um, it's on Pride it's Pride, it's an internet publication. All it says is pride. I thought I had more to it than that, but it, that's all it says is pride on the top. So go pride and do uh Rafi R-A-F-F-Y. R-A-F-F-Y. Irmac, ERMAC, E R M A C, and uh, you can l- get a list of all seventy-one. There's some really interesting ones in there. Uh, there's this is, there's a rugby star, and he doesn't. He he's very rough looking, and his well his name it came out in the Daily Mail. A twenty-two year old rugby star who used to play for the Bath Team and who made his appearance as a contestant on Celebrity X Factor revealed that he came out as bisexual to his teammates via group text thread in WhatsApp. So WhatsApp or Instagram, what do you think? (laughs) Send me a message. What should it be when you come out on? (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to cause that. I'm going to play a lovely Pat Metheny song and we'll be back on the other side. With a few more things to say, this is Craig at KXFM 104.7 Human Crafted Radio, right here in lovely Laguna Beach. that's not Pat Matheny. It's a good song, but I'm in the mood for Pat Matheny. So I'm going to correct my error and we're going to listen to Pat Matheny. Here we go, folks. Sorry about that. (laughs) you. <laughs> one of my favorite mellow tunes. Uh it's Pat Matheny. He has a, a great uh list of songs. Some he gets a little crazy on with too much too much twangy guitar, but that's a very uh sensitive one. And um I enjoy that. So if you that's Pat Matheny. Um there is uh some other news and I can't can't I can't say it's good or bad, but it's news, okay? Uh that there's a data scientist who's exposing white supremacy, and I think that's a good thing. Uh This is how to fight the Nazis, she says. So uh, she has a website called First Vigil, and it's um, first-vigil.com. Now, don't go to First Vigil without the dash, because they're trying to find all the people that are going to the website, and it's it's not a secure website. So get out of there. But go to First, if you just dial in First Dash, well, if you don't open the website, you're always safe, but... Uh, My Chrome tells you it's not safe. So uh, first-vigil.com. And what is this about? It is called, um, this was in the Guardian, if you want to read more about it. Um, The far-right Proud Boys group, which whom Donald Trump refused to denounce this week, again this week, uh, have been linked to uh, assaults on protesters, uh, white supremacist organizing, uh, linked to white supremacist organizing, the spread of COVID misinformation, and other threats against Americans, Emily Gorsinski has been tracking them every step of the way since 2018. The 38-year-old data scientist has been exposing members of the far right and cataloging white supremacist violence across the U.S. through her site, First Vigil. The uh, project grew out of the out uh, of the attack on her in Charlottesville. Virginia community earlier, community the prior year, and the deadly Unite the Right rally, which brought Gorsinski face-to-face with neo-Nazis bearing torches and swastikas, shouting racist and transphobic vitriol at her. Um, They even said burn the Jews, I believe, which is pretty awful. One of her attackers was later revealed to be an active service U.S. Marine Using court files and other public records, an anti-fascist researcher has cataloged hundreds of criminal cases, connected the dots of dangerous neo-Nazi networks, and revealed links that journalists and authorities have missed. These days, it can be difficult to keep up. Far-right violence has escalated dramatically under Trump, who has ignored his own government's domestic terrorism warnings and encouraged vigilante violence against the leftists. So, again, that is not always the necessary... (laughs) opinion of this station or myself, but that is in the news. And um, I do believe it's accurate. I did go to the website. I did see uh, a lot of information that looked legitimate to me. And uh, if it weren't, I'm sure at this point, since 2018, it would have been taken down, but the information is what's uh, she's cataloging is what's public information in our courts and um, other reliable sources of information. So here's some better news. A Polish city, fund, in Poland, I don't know if you're, from, if you're keeping up with it, but in Poland, things are really going uh, anti-gay and it's, it's not really very nice. And so they're going to open up a facility for the LGBT community to house uh, up to 12 homeless LGBTQ people and the city is sponsoring it in Poland, uh, in, uh, actually in Krakow, Poland. So maybe the attitudes are changing there a little bit. We can be hopeful. This is Craig on KXFM uh, on my first show of the year. I'm glad you're here. Um, and we're going to take it out on KX <laughs> Human Crafted Radio. Thanks for tuning in. I'll be back again next week. We love you, and I'll look for more positive, the good things. KXRN-LP, LP. Laguna Nigal laguna, laguna. laguna Beach. Members? Representative of Laguna Radio, Inc., its management, or its board of directors. KXRN-LP, Laguna Nigal laguna, laguna Beach. Members supported KXFM
1: on 104.7. On
0: KXFMRadio.org. <laughs> Put a sign on. I'm trying to. Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> I had it all set up.